Welcome to Leadership and Life with Sandy Giroux. When you think about today's great leaders, do you ever wonder what makes them so great? Is it just the titles they hold? Or could it also be how they behave toward their people? They lead effectively, not because they have a job in their life, but because they bring life to the job. By following their examples, you can do the same. Now, here is your host, Sandy Giroux. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Leadership and Life. I'm your host, Sandy Giroux, and today, oh, I'm so excited. I have the pleasure of interviewing the personification of authentic human leadership to help you turn your workplace into a wow place. But before we get to our guest, I'd like to share a quote with you from Desmond Tutu. He says, my humanity is bound up in yours, for we can only be human together. To me, what that means is that we need each other in order to succeed. In other words, we are all in this together, whether we're at home, at work, with our families, our friends, or anywhere in our communities. If we don't work together for the common good of everyone and help everyone succeed, we may as well not bother with what we're doing at all. And I was just speaking with someone at my uh, parents' doctor's office this afternoon. I'm taking care of them. And her name is Rosa. Hi, Rosa, if you're listening. She's one of the nurses there. And she reminded me when she heard I had to do the show today, she said, hey, just remind everybody that sharing is caring. And it's so true, right? We have to share our lives, our dreams, our goals, our knowledge and experience if we want to help others succeed. And today, my guest is an expert at figuring out how to succeed herself and how to help others succeed because she understands that everything we do individually, especially in the workplace, impacts the entire organization as a whole. In fact, Judy Coker has earned a reputation for being results-focused, solutions-driven, and, most of all, human. All qualities that every leader worth their salt displays on a daily basis. And throughout her career, Judy's taken whatever experiences that have come her way and applied the lessons of facing her fears, getting out of her comfort zone, and believing in herself. And she's taken those lessons and applied them to her role as a leader and an excellent and trustworthy coach at her current organization, Progressive Roofing, based in Phoenix, Arizona. So welcome, Judy. I'm thrilled you were able to join me today. Well, thank you, Sandy. I'm thrilled to be here. I was uh, looking forward to this immensely. Thank you, and so are many of my listeners who know you and are excited to hear yeah. you today. So, Judy, let's just start with telling our listeners a little bit about how you came to be where you are and, and why you're still working after you had planned to retire a bit early, I might add, but then you changed your mind. So, how did you get here where you are, and why are you still there? Well, I think it's because I have a passion uh, for business. And uh, I did retire for a short period of time and was asked to come back into the workforce uh, by Progressive Roofing to implement a national program, um, a system that I, uh, I took for them to all of our branches around the country. And one of the things that drew me back very easily was my ability to take something I knew 
and grow with it and help people within progressive roofing become better at using the product. And, um, you know, I had to develop the program so that what I knew I had in my heart and soul in my head become part of them. So I always look at it as uh, an ability to coach. Um, I enjoy coaching people to be as good as they can be, even beyond their own idea of what they think they should be. And um, I saw this as an opportunity to to really personify that in in those around me. Oh, Judy, I love what you just said. You know, I, you love to coach. A lot of us do love to coach, but I really love how you added helping coach them by showing them how they can go beyond where they even think they can be. Um, one of my mentors who saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself changed my life with one sentence because she made me think differently than I ever thought before about my own capabilities and what I was what I was able to do. So how do you let people know that you see something in them that they might not even see in themselves? Do you just recognize it and have a little chat? Do you just give them a suggestion of what they can do? How do you recognize something different in people and how do you let them know that you see that in them so you have faith in them to do more? Well, it, it, it's so individualized because everybody's different. Some people are not open to knowing what they're capable of doing beyond what they see themselves being. Um, I'll just use an example. Um, uh, we had a, a position open, um, a branch admin position opened up at our one of our branch offices, and I had put out... Um, an ad looking for the replacement, and I had a person in corporate um, approach me with interest. And um, after many, many meetings and discussions and, and the realities of the branch operation, because that location was viewed as uh, somewhat weak, um, I was able to see in her that she could go over and above and uh, really make a difference at this operation. So it took several conversations, and she agreed to move across, her, her and her family move across several states and became that, uh, that lead branch admin at that location. Um, and I think, you know, in that specific situation, I was able to let her feel and make her feel that she could accomplish this. And in our conversations, I pick up things that I knew would resonate with her personally and use that to build her confidence and um, build that vision that I saw in her. So it's almost like taking what I see and trying to turn around and make that person see it in themselves. Sometimes that doesn't happen right away. Sometimes that happens later and I have to continue with the coaching process or, you know, be able to have, help them recognize that. Sometimes they start doing it and it's after they start doing it, they, they recognize it. But in the example I just gave, um, in that process, you know, as far as being a leader, um, she now comes to me on a sporadic basis because this happened in fall of 2017. And if her confidence is a little shaken, she knows that I'm always going to be here for her. So 
you know, I think after we get past that initial period, I'd like people to know that they can come to me and still, you know, especially if they need additional confidence or, or, or guidance, I want them to know that they can come to me and that they can walk away feeling like they can conquer the world. Um, but, um, it just takes so many faces, you know, I've run into situations where I've seen the potential of an individual and they weren't willing to, um, you know, see it in themselves. Um, at another company, I had a young gal and I saw she had something in her, but she was just very happy doing what she did. And I had to push her and she pushed back a little bit. And um, she used the excuse that I think this is the wrong direction, Judy. I don't think this is the way we need to go. I don't <laughs> think that's the right answer. And I told her, I said, just trust me in this. Let's do it. And if I'm wrong, we'll rethink it and do it again. She dug in. Um, she did resist it a little bit. But what she was, um, when she got past that fear that she was carrying within herself, she began to build her confidence. And did come to me eventually and say, you know what, you were right, Judy. And I said, it's not about me being right. It's about you taking a situation and making, making it your own and making it a success. I always like to turn it around so that that person sees it as them succeeding because that, those are the tools I think that they need to continue finding the new in their in their career or their life and having the courage to go after it. Yeah, I think that's huge, Judy. You know, um, you can, <clears throat> as leaders, one of our goals is to make sure that our people feel like they're a success, not just that, oh, they're only succeeding because we're right there behind them. It's almost like a parent, right? We have to teach mm -hmm. our children and then send them on their way and let them make their own mistakes or have their own end, have their own successes. Otherwise, they'll never have the confidence to try anything new, especially what if we're not there someday? So I love the way you said it's about making sure that it's not about you helping them succeed or what you do for them. It's what they do for themselves. And mm -hmm. do you ever help them? I mean, I heard you just say that, but do you, how do you let them know that you are still there afterward, but that you have confidence in them to do it? How much guidance do you give them after the fact when they're coming to you for something? Is it, again, I know it's pretty personal, probably from person to person, but do you have anything that you look for that says, hey, this little birdie's ready to fly, you know, and I don't need to give them so much and just let them figure it out on their own? How do you kind of gauge that? You know, it, it's really hard for me to define that um, because it's so individualized. Uh, some people, um, you know, I'll identify that, you know, what they need me beyond this point. And I'll make, I'll make myself available to them in different manners. Um, and um, I, I think that's the key in there. You just have to know the person that you're working with. You know, like, for example, there's a, a, a really young, brilliant lady um, who came to me and was not certain about her uh, career path. I saw her as being a, an accountant more specifically a forensic accountant. And um, since she asked me, you know, I told her, I says, you know, this is what I see you being. It's different than the job she's in, but um, I really saw that 
personality. I saw that skill, and I saw that professional level that um, made made sense to me. So we talked about, you know, is this what you want to do and different ideas. And um, we talked about maybe taking a class and see if you like it. It may not be what you like. You know, just take a simple accounting class. So last semester she took a course. And um, after weeks of starting class, she came to me and um, we were talking about it. And she says, oh, I don't think I'm going to get this. And I says, just you're good at this. I says, just be patient with yourself. And then there'll be a moment when you have that aha and it all falls into place. It all makes sense. She did have her aha moment, which I was (laughs) so proud of. And she ended up in a class um, at 98 point something. So she was there in the A's and she succeeded at it. And, um, I had asked her, she already has a degree in HR, and I asked her, I says, you know, what do you see yourself doing with this? And she's now sketching out a plan um, to get her accounting degree in two years. Now, here's wow. an individual that's very motivated, and that's what I noticed about her. Um, she doesn't need much from me. She just needs a phone call here and there and say, how's it going? And that's kind of over the past year how it's been, you know. Every quarter or so, we, we have a conversation, you know, how have you thought about this? And the last conversation we had when class was done, she says, I'm going to put a plan together, and would you be interested in reviewing it for me? I says, when you have it together, let me know. So we hear motivated and needs, you know, very little from me to keep her moving in that uh, forward mo- mo- momentum. Oh, I love that. And that is a great suggestion. You know, you can say all you want. I see this in you. I think you can do it. I think you can do it. But unless they get a little bit of a push with a specific suggestion, how do they ever prove to themselves that they can do it? So I love the way you told her, look, just take a course. Let's see if you're interested in it and and good at it. And if you are, you know, then you'll know what the next step should be. But until you take step one, it won't be, step two won't be revealed to you. And very often they don't even know what step one is. And then the other thing I heard in there was even when she took step one, it was a little confusing at first. And she came to you and said, I don't think I'm going to get this. And that's where you kicked in again as the proper mentor. You're not doing it for her. You're making suggestions and then you're encouraging and showing her that you see something in her that will allow her to succeed. You know, It's so funny. I was thinking about this. I was at a program recently. I was teaching a program on leadership. And one of the people was was talking about, wow, you know, it's, it's just so hard. It's really hard for me to think this particular way, especially when someone is frustrating me to death. You know, it's very hard for me to you know, have respect for them and to show compassion for them. And I was thinking about, I saw the movie, um, a, a, a League of Their Own. Have you ever seen that movie? It's about the uh, women's baseball team. It's a actual, oh, yes. Yes. the women's baseball yes. league in World War II. Oh, my gosh. I love that movie. And in that movie, one of the girls said it just got to be too hard. And Tom Hanks, who plays the coach and manager, says, if it was easy, of course it's hard. If, if it was easy, everybody would do it. The hard is what makes it great. And, and that's what I see as our job as leaders. It may not be easy, 
But the heart is what makes us great leaders and great coaches. When we can take somebody and say, I know where that line is. I'm not doing it for him or her. I'm going to show her a way. I'm going to give specific suggestions. I'm going to make sure that she knows I'm there. But then you need to let them do something. So I love the specific suggestion you made. Try it and see if you like it. In fact, it's so funny. (laughs) When I was in my younger career as well, my husband actually did that for me one time. I was in a business planning department. I was a research analyst and research assistant. And we were doing research in that business depart- uh, business planning department that actually led to the development of two new companies. At that time, they were new, BJ's Wholesale Club and Chadwick's of Boston Catalog. And when Chadwick's opened, they needed a systems analyst. My husband said to me, Sandy, you should go for that position. And I looked at him like he was insane. I said, are you kidding? I've never done that before. And he said, no, Sandy, really? All the things that you would need in that job are all the things that you're doing right now. Well, I still balked, like forget it. And my husband finally said, Sandy, just go on the job interview, will you? And guess what? If you're not right for it, they won't hire you. (laughs) It's like, I could have had a V8. (laughs) You know, and, and I just kept balking and balking until he said, just go try it. And it just reminds me of what you did for that young woman and then being there with her as she did it. And guess what? You're talking to Chadwick's of Boston's very first systems analyst. I got the job. (laughs) But I wouldn't have done it without that encouragement. And that Mm -hmm. must feel really good, too, when you can see that happening in the people you coach, right? Doesn't it feel great to be able to do that? It's wonderful sitting back as a leader and seeing this just roll out and just kind of like being in the audience. You're pushing the buttons, you're pushing the direction, and you just sit back. And especially with the number of years experience I have, what is really great is been there, done that, to sit <laughs> back and, and be the cheerleader. And oh, I, I love think it. that's really key. Yeah, me too. In fact, we're going to take a short break right now, but when we come back, we're going to hear more from Judy about what it means to be that cheerleader for them. And I want to have you hear how she gains and keeps people's trust and respect as she gets them to contribute. We'll be right back, so stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you sometimes find it challenging to inspire your team members to engage and contribute to your organization's success? Do your team members have trouble communicating across and even within generations? Leadership and Life is dedicated to helping you turn your workplace into a wow place by implementing everyday actions that inspire your teams to reach higher. Sandy Giroux, founder and CEO of Wow Place International, has over 30 years of leadership experience and offers deep 
insights to help leaders and team members build a bridge to understanding and improving the workplace experience. Her insights for leaders help them uncover blind spots and identify what they may be doing to inhibit employee engagement. Her insights for team members inspire them to seek new perspectives, understand others' viewpoints, and find ways to go the extra mile to create wow experiences. Sandy has helped over 25,000 attendees in 125 companies activate a culture of wow. For more information, visit thewowplace.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. This is Leadership and Life. To reach Sandy Giroux or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to sandy at thewowplace.com. Now, back to Leadership and Life. Welcome back. We're talking with Judy Coker of Progressive Roofing. And Judy, you've been sharing some great information on how you encourage people and and help them see things in themselves that you see, but they may not even recognize. And I would love to have you share a little bit more about uh, how you, the importance of communication and listening and how you let people know that you're listening and all the different components of listening and taking action, how that works for you in helping encourage somebody in a new direction or further along the direction that they're going in. So com- communicating and listening are two critical components. I'd love to hear about, you know, how do you let people know you're really listening to what they have to say and, and you, how do you communicate clearly to them what you see in them? Judy? Uh-oh, did we lose our guest? I'm not sure if we lost our guest. Well, one of the things that while we try to reconnect with Judy, one of the things that I wanted to uh, point out is that she is a person who not only lets people know what she sees in them, but she also has a very human approach to how she is able to communicate with them. She lets people know a little bit about herself. You heard me talk last week about how the human leader has to share a little bit about themselves with their people. You can't just learn about the other people and then not share even one iota of yourself with them. So one of the things that she was telling me is that she was going on a vacation recently and she and her husband just bought a, an RV They went away, and I can't remember where she went, but they had their first road trip. And when she talks about it, she gets so excited about it. I just love listening to her. And the beauty of hearing that is that 
Judy has a way of just engaging people on a human level. She not only finds out what your likes and dislikes are and she finds out what your hobbies are, but then she shares hers. Because what happens when, let's say, you go to a networking event, right? You stand there and you're trying to meet new people and trying to break into the cliques. And when you finally do, it's like showtime, right? So what happens? You say a little bit about, hi, how, who are you? Who do you work for? What do you do? But once those kind of business topics are exhausted, which doesn't take long because nobody wants to delve into the nuts and bolts of your job, let's face it. They really want to know who are you and if it's a networking event, how can you help me and how can I help you? So what I want to do is just point out that up oh, Judy yay all right we <laughs> lost Judy for a minute I was Judy I was just telling people about how you really connect on a human basis by sharing what you do so let's continue along this vein a little bit and then we'll get back to the business stuff because this is the human stuff I also wanted to get into I was telling them how you and your husband just bought your RV and went on your first road trip and you're not mm-hmm. afraid to tell people what's going on in your life. So tell us a little, where did you go on that trip? And, and how, do, how do the people react when you're telling them about it at work? How do you connect on those kind of hobbies? Because you've connected with me big time on several hobbies, including that. My husband and I like our, well, we haven't gotten RV yet, but we'd like to. So where'd you go? What happened? You know, what'd you do? And, and how do you share your life with your people as well? So they can share in your excitement and you can share theirs. Well, um, my husband and I traveled from uh, Phoenix, North Carolina. We drove all across country to Raleigh, North Carolina for my uh, nephew's wedding and back. And we did a total of 4,500 miles and drive time was 99 hours. We were gone a couple of weeks. <laughs> yes. So five days one way, five days another. Um, and um, what I really... Um, as far as humanization is concerned, <clears throat> excuse me, is 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 sharing these stories um, because I'm no different than the next person uh, that I sit next to or work with, and um, it's just really exciting to share with them um, that. Even though I'm business, 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 you know, there's also another side of me. And I think that comes out in the communication. Um, One of the things, uh, we we start talking about listening and communicating. One of the things that kind of surprises me that the reaction that I get when I talk to the people I work with. Now, just to step back, I've been blessed at Progressive Roofing. I kind of mentor all the branch admins uh, around the country and work with them um, in being that liaison between a branch, which is small, and the corporate office, which is large. And um, I get this all the time, and it's so simple, is if I hear something going on that affects them, I feel as though it's important to share with them um, that piece of detail um, so that if it ever comes up in their world, they'll say, oh, yeah, I know what's going on. So it's about them knowing what they can't know on a national level. But if it comes into their direction, it'll make them look really good. Um, And 
a lot of things I communicate with them with the um, the program that I've taken nationally um, is I give them as much training and as much information and as much coaching I can give them. This is not only the branches, but I do that in the field with the, the foreman uh, that use this product um, because I tell them I'm here to make you look good. It's not about me and being the success that may implement in this program. It's about them feeling comfortable with it. And even the branch admins, the information I share with them, and I've written volumes of manuals, um, it's about them being able to look good at what they do. Um, and I think it's little things like that. Um, it's, a, it's a form, you know, you can communicate however way you want, but I think the understanding from everybody around me, it's, it's about them looking good. That's what I try to do. And, I, um, I think that's uh, very important. And not only that you give them the business knowledge that they need to use that product, you're also giving them the 30,000-foot view, right? So you're mm-hmm. at the corporate yes, office exactly right. helping, making sure. So many times one of the things that I hear is that leaders forget about their people in the field. And so what we hear from the people in the field is, hey, we feel like we're kind of hanging out here in no man's land. You know, things are changing at the corporate office. No one ever tells us. Then we do things wrong. Mm -hmm. And then they actually slam us because we didn't know to do it the right way, but they never told us. So your role as that middle person be able, being able to reach out to the field sounds like it's huge. Has that made a big difference in the companies that you've gone to when you have been that liaison? Yes, it has been. And I do want to share a story. You're talking even about the people in the field. Back in December and January, uh, early this year, I just went to every job site here in Phoenix, and we're pretty large here. So we're talking, you know, you know 50, 60 job sites. And wow. Um, that's, uh, one day I drove 200 miles, you know, uh, to the job site and back. Um, but I just took the time to be in front of them five minutes to form in and Sandy, the reaction that I got, it's like, uh Oh, um, are you going to fire me? No, I'm just here to find out how you like using the product and how I can support you and coach you. And after, you know, doing several of these, I've asked them, I says, how many people from the office have actually come out and spent a little time with you? And all of them said none. It was so valuable to them that they, I took the time to come, and even though it was anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes, to talk to them about the product, find out, and get their opinions. And um, I think it's a good lesson uh, for everybody that it doesn't take just those around you that you work with on a day-to-day basis. It's about looking beyond and making everybody in the organization feel as though they, they make a difference. And I could have easily not done that. And, you know, it would go on. And like you says, they'd say, well, they'd get blamed for not doing anything right. But that one little, I think that one little step made them think about things differently. And look at the reaction. I mean, there is the telling statement, the reaction that you got when someone from corporate came out and wanted to talk to the foreman. First, it was deer in the headlights. Oh, no, no one ever comes out to do this. And this isn't just at 
this company. In fact, I commend Progressive Roofing for recognizing the things you bring to the table to make sure that they overcome that. Because unless we really focus on being human and being connected to everyone, no one ever does visit. I hear about this from many, many, many places that, oh, no. No one ever visits us, so something must be wrong. That's the assumption, right? Something's wrong. I'm getting fired. (laughs) Yep, that's exactly right. And, you know, the funny thing with that is um, even the branch uh, admin, uh, every so often I'll send them a thank you and you're doing a great job. Um, Thanks for what you bring to the table. And the response I get from something as simple as that, and that doesn't take much time, is big. But it's genuine. And I think they know that. They know when I send that to them, it's not just an action. Um, Because I get emails back that say, you know, we really appreciate you doing what you do for us. And we really appreciate you recognizing us out here, you know, um, doing what we do. And I do. It's it's very humble. It's very honest because we have a great group of people that work at the branches and I just want them to know that they make a difference and that's I love all part that. of the communication. Yep, it is. And that's that two-way, <clears throat> excuse me, that two-way communication, right? It can't just be your you going out to them. It can't just be them coming to you. It has to be mutual and it has to be a two-way street. And in fact, a couple of episodes ago on the show, I was talking about a man who actually was training his replacement and he had a great group of guys and you might not have heard this episode Judy because it might have been before you had started listening but what happened was he told them exactly what you just said go out and visit them sometimes even if it's for no reason at all just to say hi to let them know that you're here and to let them know that you care about them as people first and employee second. And this leader did that. He had those guys would go to the wall for him. He was a facilities manager and they would do anything for him because he cared about them. But when he trained his replacement, he his replacement did not follow that advice. And pretty soon it became evident that there was a problem. And when they asked the guys, what's going on? Why aren't you doing what he asks? They said, well, We never see him unless he needs something from us. And if he doesn't care about us, then why should we care about him? And that was so telling, just like what you're talking about here, going out and visiting them. So uh, do you have a a schedule that you go on to make sure that you hit all the branches? Or do you just kind of keep it in your mind and just make sure you, you visit them once in a while? Or how do you make sure you don't miss anybody? Um, what I do is um, uh, I go about once a year and, and visit them. Um, they, I, I think I've done a good job in <laughs> um, helping them understand the, and the product is called About Time, product that they mastered on their own. So I reach out to them um, you know, either by a phone call or an email and um, Basically, we, you know, if they need me, I always tell them I'm here if you want. I do, uh, just a couple days ago, we had a new foreman start up in um, our Seattle office. And, you know, I told them, you know, he, I could tell when I was talking to him about, you know, how to use this product. You know, he was like, and I told him, he was a little hesitant. And I said, there's a lot to learn. I says, but 
I'm a, I'm the co-chair for about time. I'm at the corporate office, but I'm here to take care of you, to make you feel good about using this. And after communicating that to him, I was always taken. I'm always taken when this happens. It's like, you know, I really appreciate that because I don't want you to think I'm going to be calling you to bother me. I says it's not about bothering me. It's about coming to me when you need me so I can make you good at using this. And when we were closing in our conversation, he was so appreciative and and at a calm, so to speak, that I have someone I can lean on if I need her. And that's kind of what I look at all the locations is I want to be here for them. And if they need me, they can come. And if they don't, um, what's interesting in my observation is seeing individuals that maybe are, are so protective about what they do, they only want some pieces of what they know to go out there because <laughs> that means dependency on them. And it's kind of sad because when you see those connections, it's not as strong as the openness that I have group um, of people that I work with. And it just kind of tells you, and I like looking at those signs because you always have that question as a leader, am I doing this right? And when I see that, it's like, yeah, I'm doing this right. Because, yeah. it, it, you know, it's about them being the best about what they can do and be. Right. And it's funny, I talked about that in one of my other episodes, in case you want to go back, anybody who's listening and listen to the archives, the one about the wild place is safe, that knowledge is power, that kind of attitude is out there. And if I have this knowledge, and I share it with anybody, then that means I'm going to be less powerful or less valuable, and I could actually lose my job. But it's about making them feel safe about sharing mm-hmm. that knowledge, knowing that they're not going to be replaced just because someone else knows what they know. If if they're having that problem, probably other people are too. And and I love the way you brought that out because it just reiterates that that is out there hugely. And also, I noticed one other thing. It's almost like we have to give them permission to approach us as a leader. And we're going to explore that a little bit more after we come back from our next break. But, Judy, I'd love for you, when we come back, to talk about that a little bit. Because men, women, no matter what level they are, they don't want to bother their leaders. And I want you to talk a little about the fact that it's not a bother. In fact, it's my job. So stay tuned. More when we come back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you sometimes find it challenging to inspire your team members to engage and contribute to your organization's success? Do your team members have trouble communicating across and even within generations? Leadership and Life is dedicated to helping you turn your workplace into a wow place by implementing everyday actions that inspire your teams to reach higher. Sandy Giroux, founder and CEO of Wow Place International, has over 30 years of leadership experience and offers deep 
insights to help leaders and team members build a bridge to understanding and improving the workplace experience. Her insights for leaders help them uncover blind spots and identify what they may be doing to inhibit employee engagement. Her insights for team members inspire them to seek new perspectives, understand others' viewpoints, and find ways to go the extra mile to create wow experiences. Sandy has helped over 25,000 attendees in 125 companies activate a culture of wow. For more information, visit thewowplace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Leadership and Life. To reach Sandy Giroux or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to sandy at thewowplace.com. Now, back to Leadership and Life. And we're back. Before the break, we were talking with Judy Coker about how people, no matter what level they're at, no matter who they are, they do still need to almost get, quote unquote, permission to come to their leaders with questions. We have to make them feel safe, like we don't think they're incapable of doing their jobs or that their jobs will be threatened if they share their knowledge with some of the other people. But Judy, can you just talk a little bit about how you make it clear to people that, yes, they have your permission to approach you as a leader with questions, comments, suggestions, and also another thing that makes the workplace more human, which is to talk to you about things other than work. We all know those workplaces where you just, you know, walk down the halls, straight ahead, blinders on, or looking at the floor, don't laugh, don't smile, oh my gosh, he's coming down the hall, don't be laughing, he's not going to like that. You know, the difference between that kind of workplace and the one you try to engender where they have permission to do all those things. Tell us about your philosophy on that. Well, I, I, uh, Sandy, I think it's, it's all in the presentation. Um, I, um, when I first talk to a per individual for the very first time, you know, I, I talk about the human side of it. I try to find out a little bit about them. And then as, as our relationship develops, I just keep adding to my information packet on that individual and will pull that information out in conversations that I have going forward. Um, but to build that confidence, I think it's a sense of confidence. Um, I, I try to make sure that they know I respect them for who and what they are and what they bring to the table. And um, a lot of times when I'm working with anybody on this, I'm more interested in what they think. And I think that's a big thing. Uh, Just recently, I had to write an SOP. 
and uh, I do that all the time. But I went to key individuals, and I wanted to get their input. And the way I put it is, I don't do this every day. Would you take a look at this and tell me what I'm missing? So I'm willing to open myself up to um, criticism, if you want to call it, and that's constructive criticism. Um, And at first, maybe they're a little hesitant, but I think... You know, if I keep coming to them, that barrier will break down. I've seen that happen too many times because it's about where they're coming from. I always like to look at that in anything that I do um, because I think that's a solid base for building that connection with that individual or individuals. Oh, that's great. You know, and in fact, it's making me think you're modeling the behavior you wish to see in others. So if you want yeah. them to be open to criticism, then you're open to it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, when we're when when you're working with these individuals in, in time, it doesn't happen overnight. It, it's a process. But. I'm at the part of the process uh, with progressive roofing that, you know, I think the uh, individuals I touch know how I look at things. And what's amazing, we were talking before the break, how, you know, individuals will like to release only so much information because that secures them for whatever reason. But one of the things that when you open yourself up to it, it's not about relinquishing your power or relinquishing your uh, specialty. It's about opening new avenues. And I think that's really key when you're opening avenues. It's not that you're pushing yourself out of the way. You're discovering new ways to be better and, and do things better, systems, processes, and um, it's, it's, you can't do that alone. And it's, it's empowering the people around you to help you take to whatever you're looking at to the next level because it's about right. being progressive. That's right. Not, um, <laughs> no, words, no pun intended, right? <laughs> progressive. <Yeah. laughs> oh, and you know what? When the leader themselves can also say, hey, look, I don't know everything either. Here's what I know. Then they say, well, okay, if the leader is willing to share what they know and willing to admit they don't know everything, I guess it's okay for me too. Again, it's almost like that permission to mm-hmm. show you don't know everything, to be vulnerable, to be open to suggestions. And if anybody, if you disagree with what they say, how do you let them know that? Do you come back and just let them know, well, I see it a different way? Like, if, what if you asked for some input? Because I think what happens sometimes, too, is leaders ask for input, but they really don't want to hear if something is wrong. They want to hear you you know, agreeing with them. But what if you don't agree with, the, with what they have to say? Do you help them to see it from your point of view and, and may, maybe does then that open up your eyes to something else as well? How do you let them know when yeah, you disagree? What, yeah, what that does is, and that's exactly what I do, is, you know, I may not agree with it, but I, I present my point of view. And together, it's about molding um, both sides into one, whether it's heavy on one side or heavy on the other. It's almost a give and take thing. You know, sometimes you have to take a look at the situation, but sometimes there's a piece of it that you could bring into the fold and maybe the rest of it you don't agree with and can't see it working. But it's about making that person feel that, okay, 
she didn't agree with it 100%, but, you know, there's a piece of it that she involved me in, um, and it makes them feel that they've made a contribution. And that's what it's about, making everybody around you feeling, though, they're part of the 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 process or the system or the uh, development process. Right. And in fact, what I heard here too was sometimes a leader will just slam a whole idea down instead of looking at, hey, wait a minute, I might not agree with all of it, but there's one piece in there that I could grab onto and make them feel good and improve what we're doing. So it's kind of leaders not being so rigid that they can't get rid of that all or nothing attitude. Oh, well, if I don't like all of your suggestion, I'm not going to implement any of it where there's a nice compromise maybe. That's And that's exactly it. Everybody, especially the person that you're leading, you, uh, that person can walk away head held high saying, you know, the next time I'm just going to have to think about it better, but I'm not, it's not about putting them down or shutting them up. It's about, you know, bringing them to the next level so that when a situation comes up, they're willing to contribute the next time for you. And it works. It really works. Yeah, I can see where that would, and I've seen it in action before, where people just want to know that they're contributing, even if it's not, you know, you don't take 100% of what they say. It's a little piece here and a little piece there, and now mm-hmm. I feel like I'm making contributions. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And now I want to talk about another human aspect. We talked a little bit about your RVing and going to your nephew's uh, wedding I love that. I know you share things with your people when you're there as well so that they understand you're a human being with many sides to your personalities. But let's talk about something we all have in common and let's get to the food part because I saw you sent me a couple of recipes that, by the way, folks, are up on the show links so you can get to them. You'll get two recipes from Judy and you'll get one from me. Mine is for lasagna. And with my lasagna, you just use my spaghetti sauce recipe. It's up there from the first show. And then I tell you how to assemble it and make everything else. So I won't go into detail on that because I want to hear about Judy. You have this spaghetti bolognese that you really sound like you love. And then tuna patties, too. Talk to us a little bit about those. Now, you're not a vegetarian, or are you a vegetarian? Do you do you still use meat? I am. Not sure. I am a vege- I am a vegetarian. So uh-huh. when I make the spaghetti bolognese, I make my husband is a meat eater, so I make a section for him, and then the non meat part I make for me. But when you ask me for a, res- a recipe, it's like I thought of one, and then it's like I don't know which, and then I thought about the second one. Um, <laughs> the spaghetti bolognese is just wonderful. I always get everybody that I um, make it for is just blown away by it. Um, mm-hmm. And the second one, which is really a nice, and it's a little bit different, it's it's the Old Bay tuna patties with parsley. And uh, we just had it this week, and my husband loves it. We didn't do much tuna before I found this recipe, but it's very easy, and um, 
it's really quite delicious if you put a really nice side with it. Um, mm-hmm. My husband's a big uh, fan of macaroni and cheese, so that goes well with that or green beans. But uh, both recipes I don't think you can go wrong with. I just love them uh, both. Oh, and by the way, there is a recipe for mac and cheese with bacon up on there from one of my guests from London, and that's on the show links too. But you know what I really loved was the fact that you said, I thought of this one, and then I thought of the other one, and I couldn't decide between the two. You sound so much like me, Judy. You must be my sister under the skin. I, <laughs> when I it comes to food, sisters. I can't decide I either. Are you one of those people? Okay, here's what Bruce and I do. My husband and I, when we go but, out to um, dinner. I think, we, I think anybody, any one of these recipes, if anybody tries, you'll just love them. Oh, my gosh. Well, guess what? I'm going to be trying both of them very soon. But when you go to a restaurant, do you have trouble deciding on what to eat there? My my husband and I do. No. No, no, you don't have a problem? No, 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 not at all. As a matter of fact, being a vegetarian, when we go with friends, everybody's like, oh, what's Judy going to eat? And I think I've got them fine. I've been one for years. It's like, don't worry about me because I always find something. There's always wonderful salads, especially the last 20 years, they've really, in restaurants, taken the salads to a whole new level. And uh, it's interesting when I go to a restaurant to see people that um, appear to be uh, meat eaters, but fall to the um, salad side because they're very, um, really delicious recipes that they have out there. You know, back in the day, you had a house salad and you had Caesar. Now they have so many of them. It has a whole salad section on almost any menu you you go you know to restaurant you go to. It's it's a whole section on their menu. So it's um, it's pretty easy. I just go to the salads and then um, I kind of span from there and see. Pasta is another weakness of mine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mine, too. I just love it. And what I was saying, my husband and I, both of us, we can't decide what to get. So I'll ask him, well, why don't you get one thing and I'll get another and we'll split it. And we do that. So we get two for the price of one, basically. <laughs> so we, yeah, we don't have to choose. Now, we're coming to a close. Both of those recipes of Judy's, as well as my recipe for lasagna, are on the website, like I mentioned, under the show link. So you can get to them there. And I wanted to just... Thank you again, Judy, for being here this week with us and sharing the things that you shared about your philosophies on leadership, on life, on people, and sharing and coaching. Next week on our show, we'll be talking about how we keep innovating and keep a focus on not only continuous improvement, but the role of humor and play in the workplace as well. So I'm Sandy Giroux. I thank you for joining us today. Thanks again, Judy, and I hope to see You're you all welcome. on the next episode. Thank you of Leadership and Life. Have a great week. Thank you for joining Sandy Giroux for Leadership and Life. Be sure to tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you again next week.
again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and t-